Thank you for joining us on the Crossroads Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you as part of our family. We're a community where people are welcomed home, built up, and sent out. Our prayer is for you to find meaningful relationship and belonging with both God and His people. We'd love to connect with you. Download the Crossroads Church app, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or simply send us an email at info at mycrossroads.co. We pray that as you hear this message, you encounter Jesus and all that he has in store for you. And good morning to those who are watching around the area, around the country, and around the world. And I just want to say thank you so much for for everybody staying so connected and so involved. Uh, Thank you also for your your commitment to prayer and the high noon prayer that we're doing and just praying on your own. And there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that are gathered together uh, every day that we're praying together. Uh, Even though we're apart, we're praying together. And I think that's an amazing thing. Thank you also for just how uh, committed that you have been to inviting your friends and family and other people around to, to be part of this. There's hundreds of more people that are involved that were never involved, even thousands. And so thank you so much for that. It's making a huge, diff- a huge difference. And you have no idea the difference one invitation could make. It could change a person's life forever. It could change a family forever. So keep doing that. And I'll bet you today you could use some good news, right? Because we have been bombarded lately with scary news and, uh, and disturbing news. And, you know, to a point, rightly so, right? Because there's been some, some very scary things that have happened around the, around the world, around our, our, our area. There's people who have gotten sick. There's people who have died. There's people who have lost their loved ones. There are people who have, uh, have, have lost their job and going through struggling times. In fact, I realize that because uh, Sylvia and I were two of the people that had the, uh, the virus. We're also some, uh, that Sylvia was one of the people that lost a loved one as her cousin died in, uh, in Brazil. But in the midst of that, also, there's just some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things that are happening in the midst of the struggle. And, and we're going to be talking about, uh, about that today. As I've talked to you, you've been able to share one place after another where God has been blessing. And you know, the Bible says this in Psalm uh, chapter 30, verse 5. It says, sorrow may last for the night, but joy is going to come in the morning. And what I love about that is saying for the Christian, behind every cross, there's going to be a, a, an empty tomb. That God says this, that he's going to work all things together for good. So at the end of everything, at the end of the story, everything's going to be good. And if it's not good, then it's not the, the end. But what I love also about God that is just so amazing is, is he can do great things and he can bring blessing and joy and everything in the midst of the midnight. Even while it's still dark, before the dawn ever comes, God is still active and God is still doing some incredible things. You know, uh, there's, there's a lot of good things that are happening around our, our, our world, around our nation, around our, our area. I mean, something that you look at, first of all, some people are just doing some wonderful, wonderful things to other people, right? I mean, you, one thing that's beautiful is just seeing some of the testimonies of, of random act of kindness and people that are just reaching out to their friends and, and neighbors. Uh, so many of the people, even in our church, are, are in health services, and you're being on the front line, and you're making a difference, and you're bringing healing to people, even at the risk of your, of your own health. So as we look around, people are just making such a difference and, and being the hands and feet of Jesus, being generous, being loving, and doing all those wonderful things. Something else that is happening is that that, that God is, is really working on us and developing us below the waterline. 
Now, what I mean by that is uh, most of you know that an, uh, an iceberg, that only about 10% of it is above the waterline where people see. And fully 90% or more is below where people can't see. And the same is true with us. That really, the, people, the part that people see about us is really only about 10%. Who we, really are, who we really are is below the waterline, right? I mean, what we think about there is, is our eternal part, our, our spirit. It's below the waterline. That's something that people don't see. Our soul, what really makes us, it's below the waterline. Our, our personality, our likes, our dislikes, our fears, our failures, our frustrations, our wounds, our scars, our joys, our dreams, our, uh, our values, all those things are below the waterline. And I think something that has been kind of revealed to a lot of people is how much time most of the time up until this that we've spent just focusing on and putting all of our energy on the 10% that's above the waterline when really the most important thing in the most important about us, part about us is below the waterline. And the part that God really cares about in our life also is below the waterline. God says this, people look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You know, something else is that we've seen boats that have been in dry dock, and every once in a while, boats need to get out of the water, and they need to be put up on a lift so people can do things with that. So, because the problem is, a lot of times, there's, there's barnacles that attach, there's seaweed that attach, there's cracks, there's, uh, there's holes in there that need, to be, that need to be fixed up. Because if they're not, first of all, the boat will go a lot slower than it, uh, than it should be going, but also it could be extremely dangerous. It could, it could fill with water and people could die on there. But again, a lot of times people spend more time on just the part that's above the water than all that's, be that's below the water. And, and something that I think of, uh, of there too is just that what God seems to have been doing lately is really he's been working below the waterline on us. He's really had us to focus on the things below the waterline and we've kind of just taken a step backwards and a lot of people have been focusing on that which they don't normally focus on. And, and, and I really think that that's a large part of what you're doing right now and what church is all about. It's a time where we get up on the forklift. We, we get on the lift and we let God deal with, uh, with our barnacles and deal with the seaweed. And we let God encourage us and strengthen us and plug the holes in our, in our life that once a week we intentionally, what you're doing right now is you're intentionally putting yourself on a lift that God can do some amazing things in your life. I really think that's a big reason why, why we should be doing daily devotions too, that it gives us an opportunity every, every day to get on the lift and let God strengthen and encourage and inspire and, and deal with those issues uh, that are below the, the waterline and hopefully that we seal up some things that, so that the barnacles don't have to attach to begin with. Another thing that God is doing is he's expanding his church. Something that we're seeing is we're seeing more people involved in church than ever before in our nation. We're seeing people that really didn't, didn't give a care a lot of times that are, that are tuning in. Uh, and, and that's what God has done a lot of times through history. It's sometimes with the struggles of our life, the struggles of our nation are some of the times when God has done his most incredible work. We can go all the way back to the first century church and see that. You know, the last words that Jesus ever said on this planet that we have record of is found in Acts chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 8, that says this, but we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That we need power. You know, I don't know about you, I need power. God says it's available through the Holy Spirit. That we'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And we'll be our, his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. 
In other words, God, Jesus was saying this, look, guys, I want you not just to keep this to yourselves. I want you to keep, put this good news to the region, to your friends, to your family. Spread out. Go to not only Jerusalem, your city, but also go to your region. Go to the world. Spread this to the whole world. But here's the thing. They didn't do it. I mean, they just stayed in this little holy huddle in Jerusalem. That's all they did. But it took something. It did, took something bad to happen. God didn't cause that, but God definitely used it for something to happen for them to spread out. Watch what it was. It took the martyrdom of Stephen, the first martyr of the faith, the pers first person who died for being a, a disciple of Jesus Christ. And look at it in Acts chapter 8. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the region of Judea, Samaria, and then what we read about them going to the uttermost parts of the known world at that, uh, at that time. And God allowed, God didn't cause that persecution, but God allowed that person to, uh, persecution to take place so, that the, so they could be doing what they should have been doing all along. And sometimes, we took a look last week, God sometimes has to shake us in order to, to wake us. And one thing that's incredible is, is so many churches are, uh, are, are reaching out above their walls, uh, out of their, outside their walls in a way that they've never done before. You know, one thing I love about Crossroads is we have been live streaming and we've been doing uh, other, other simulcasts and things that have gone out for, uh, for several years now. But there's a lot of churches that this is the first time they've done that. And something that I love too is, is even uh, we're expanding our ministry. We're expanding our route reach in, in greater ways. And one example of that is in our amazing children's ministry in fact this is what our uh, our children's pastor said this it's really expanded our ministry we're reaching far more kids now than ever what a great thing and it's pushed us away from the building and into the community and into our world way more you know, I've asked a lot of you, well, what are some of the blessings? What are some of the good things that have taken place in your life and in your family and things since, since all this has taken place? So I wish I could have everybody up here to tell some of the things that you've said, but here's a few of the people that, uh, that have shared, uh, shared with me. So first one here is, Jeremy, if you could tell us some of the good things that God's been doing in your life in the middle of this. Awesome. Thank you, Lowell. Um, earlier this year, I guess early February, my, my wife and I, Gosh, made a decision that we had been praying about for, for several months, maybe even maybe even a few years, and, and I had an opportunity to walk away or made the decision to walk away from uh, the industry that I that, that provided for our family for, for nearly 20 years. And uh, one of the primary reasons that I walked away was to, to, to focus on my, uh, my, my abilities as, as, a, as, as a better husband, but also a better father, um, a better Christian for that matter. Um, and so it was, it was an important decision for us. Now, I, I walked away from a job without a job. Clearly, I didn't see the coronavirus stepping up, you know, and, and doing those things. So that presented a, a whole another level of a challenge for us. But at the same time, um, it's opened up so many doors for us, Lowell, and, and just our, our sweet little family, um, I, the, the street that we live on. My kiddos have had opportunities to invest w into friendships that we didn't even know who they were prior to this. Um, and th thankfully, we've had a lot of sunshiny days, and so we've been able to go out and, and relax and enjoy and just uh, just get some good vitamin D. Um, on, the, on the spiritual front, though, we've also been able to, to have daily quiet times and daily devotionals with our kiddos, and we've never really had a chance to do that because I would leave early and come home late, and um, which is a you know a common a common thing. But the other thing it's allowed us to do is is you know we've had breakfast, lunch, and dinner as a family of four, um, and so the, the community and the investment that. I and, and my wife and I have been able to really pour into our kiddos is, is really 
I'm not going to be able to get that back. And so I, I absolutely believe that, that God has, has orchestrated this and, and he's going to absolutely uh, see us through. Um, a couple of things that we've really hung our hat on as a family. Uh, number one, we've had no other choice but to rely on our faith. Mm-hmm. And, and we make decisions, we make professions of faith when we come to know Jesus. But really living and, and digging in that is something that we've been able to do. And lastly, um, and I know I've heard Bobby say it, I've heard others say it before, but we serve an absolute sovereign God. And we've dug into that a little bit more, Stephanie and I have, and the best explanation of sovereignty that I've found is that God is in control, and he's indeed in control. Thanks, Jeremy. How about you, Taylor? So um, for me and this season, I just feel like a lot of, a lot of blessings have come. Um, I think before all this started, I was really struggling to really set that time aside to grow in my faith and grow my relationship with the Lord, and I was also struggling to come to church every Sunday. Um, just letting life kind of get the best of me and the busyness and everything. But um, I think during this time, I've just really been able to slow down and breathe and just really spend time growing um, with my relationship with the Lord. I've been able to spend that daily time devoted to Him. Um, and I just feel like my faith has really grown, and it gets me excited, too, for when all this is over. I really want to be better about coming to church every Sunday because now that that's not an option, um, I do love tuning in online, but there's something different about um, being in that community and in that environment. So um, I don't know. I think God has been really good during this time, and um, it's been great for my relationship, and I think that it's been good for a lot of others, too. So, yeah. Thanks, Taylor. How about you, Tate? Um, I think God has really showed me, really pointed out two things during this whole time for me. Um, I think the one main thing is just being more thankful for the little things. Because, wow. um, like, through this, um, I still have both my jobs. Like, you know, I'm still getting paychecks. You know, actually to be thankful, you know, when a bill comes, I can actually pay it. Wow. You know, I still have a roof over my head, you know. I think the other just main thing that he's really shown me and, like, being able to spend more time in the Word and just reading um, different devotionals and just spending more time to just be silent and let him hear, um, just hear his voice. Um, it's something that, you know, a lot of us don't get to hear day-to-day life because you're just busy, 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 always have something to do. Um, but the thing that he's really just shown me is, like, you know, you turn on the news, you turn on this or that. There's so much, you know, you really don't know what to believe anymore and that he is, you know, the, the truth. Like, and he, you know, the word of God is about the only truth we have left in this world. Um, and, you know, it's because, you know, you turn on the news, you know, this you know, a person has this alternative motive, this person has this alternative motive, and you really don't know what to believe anymore. When you come back to the Word, like the Word is always true, it's always mm-hmm. there, and you can always focus on that. Being able to focus on Him and see Him and just be thankful for the little things has been absolutely huge through all this. Thanks, you guys. Thank you so much. You know, there's several other things I just wanted to, that some of you guys said that I thought was really good. One of them was uh, a person said, I used to be way more focused on all that I had to do in a day. I'm living way more in the moment now. And I've discovered that those moments are what make life wonderful. So many people talked about the relationships and the stronger relationships they have with family and friends and and even uh, reconnecting with friends. One person said this about the family. I've been able to slow down and treasure time with my family and now I appreciate that time 
way more. I like this. One person said, I think the most important thing that happened is that God brought the importance of family and community together for me. I've gotten closer to my son and my wife, but I've also met neighbors that I didn't know before, and I was able to help them out, both young and old. These were things I had not done very much before. I'm come out of this with a greater desire to serve people than I've ever had before. Another person said this, said, I now more deeply appreciate the freedoms we have in our country, like going to church and going where I want to. I used to take those things for granted, but not anymore. Another person said, I I know now how little I actually need, several people said this, to actually be happy. There's about a 40-year-old entrepreneur that said this, I think it's showing the world that everything most people are worried about or strive for or focus on really doesn't even matter. The slowing down of life feels like it's taken the planet back several decades. It seems like everything has become more and more, as everything has become more and more accessible, we just keep getting busier and busier. We've all been forced to slow down during this time and do things that we've never had time to do before. Life before everyone was plugged in and logged on was just slower and better, in my opinion. And that last one really came to my uh, attention because I, I thought the same thing. It just seems like I know some of you are working at the same pace. Some of you are working at a, a much stronger pace because you're on the front lines. But for a lot of people, it's a slower pace. It just seems like a time of a bygone era. It seems like more like when I was, when I was growing up. And, and just like they were saying that, that I'm watching neighbors meet with neighbors. I'm, I've met more people that as they've walked by and as I've walked by them and as we've walked by together that we've connected, that we've talked and everything than, than the first 19 months I was in that community be, uh, before that. I've seen people play, kids playing outside and, and riding their scooter and riding their bicycles and, and riding their skateboard and playing basketball and everything that I've seen in, in decades. I've seen and heard about families connecting and friendships getting together and things that, that uh, in, a, in a greater way than ever before as, uh, as, as well. And I think, don't, no, don't get me wrong, I'm so thankful for, you know, for the, the, the technology that we have, but I think we all have to, to admit that that technology has come with a price. And just like we were saying, they were saying up here that sometimes that, that price has been connecting with real human beings, even connecting with our family, and even connecting with God. The things that we were created to do are some of the things that have gone by the wayside as we've just gotten busier and, and busier. And maybe God is trying to tell us that we can do both, that we really can, that we can enjoy technology, but we can still pay a lot of attention to our friends and family, and, and we can, can take a life at a pace that is not ridiculous. In fact, some, uh, some moms have said one thing I know that I'm going to do through all this is I'm not going to have my kids involved in every activity and every sport because it's hurt them and it's hurt our family as we as we do that so uh, uh, something else that that I thought of uh, too or that I saw this is Jesus asked this question what good is it if we gain the whole world and lose our our soul uh, and I think that's a great question that, that non-believers have to ask. What happens if you gain all this, but you lose the very reason that you were created for, your relationship with, with, with God? But maybe for us Christ followers, maybe we can substitute the word soul for something else. What does it gain us if we gain the whole world, but we lose our sanity, but we lose our peace? but we lose our joy, but we lose our family, but we lose our marriage, but we lose our whatever. Put that there of some of the things we've been losing uh, before we got into to all this. And something else is, one person said, my trust has shifted drastically from trusting in my job and my possessions and my 401k to trusting where it should have been all along in, in God. 
And, uh, and somebody said this, I realized that I was putting my trust and leaning on the wrong things. You know, I've loved American's Funniest Home Videos since it ever started. I love that show. Maybe it's because I realized that there are other dorks in the world besides, besides me. But something that there is seen in every single episode, and those of you that watch the show know exactly what I mean, every episode shows people who have trusted in something they shouldn't have trusted in. They've either trusted in a swing. They've trusted in a vine. They've trusted in a, a, a porch swing. They've trusted in a trampoline. They've trusted a cheerleader trusting in her friends that they were gonna catch or somebody of 20 people in a wedding party. They trusted that the dock would hold them up and it didn't. And something that I think the Bible makes it clear, and maybe we understand more at this time, is that if we trust in anything, in anything, in anything but God, it's gonna let us down. In fact, the, the Old Testament that God talks about, that it's like leaning on a splintered reed. Isn't that a great picture? That you think it's gonna hold you up, and then in, instead of it holding you up, it splinters your hand and it hurts you instead. And God says in, in one passage in, in Jeremiah, he says, you know, basically, if, if we're putting our trust in anything else, we are gonna be let down. It is going to bring, maybe not handache, but it's gonna bring heartache in our life. But if we're trusting in God, this is what he says. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like a tree planted by, along the riverbank with roots that go, reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat and worried by months of drought. Their leaves stay green green and they never stop producing fruit no matter what the world is like if we stay connected to God and we put our trust in him he's going to see us through and he's going to make us fruitful even in the midst of the of the tough times you know one person said this I love this this may sound silly but I miss smiles and I miss hugs I do too. I miss talking to you in person. I miss your smiles. I miss your hugs. You can't really see smiles through the masks. And of course, we haven't been able to hug, so we just grow to appreciate them more, and I won't be able to take them for granted anymore. You know, somebody brought something else out that I thought was pretty, pretty interesting. They said this, that even though technology in a lot of ways has taken our humanness away in the last, uh, in the last several years, that in this time, it's kind of given us a part of, of humanity as, as well. And what he said was like this. He gave an example and said, you know, really we have this, uh, this professional persona and people just see that on the outside. But as we've been doing Zoom meetings and things like that, uh, I've been able to see my friends in their home environment. I've been able to see my friends with their dogs come up. And I didn't know any of my, my friend's children's names before. And all of a sudden, they come up and I say, hey, Barbara, hey, John, how are you doing? And it has brought a level of humanity which is really a, a good thing through, uh, through all this. I thought one thing that was kind of funny, I don't, didn't you see if, the, if you saw the broadcaster that was doing, the lady broadcaster that was at her, uh, at her table doing that and all of a sudden her, her uh, dad walks in in his tidy whities that's all he was wearing and just watching the terror on his face and watching the, the embarrassment on her face and sometimes we may even see a little too much of our own humanity. I love what one person said, I'm much more thankful for Amazon and Netflix and that's just being real. You know, something that would be a tragedy, I said last week, is that we go through all this and we're no different than we were before when we went in because God's wanting to do something. Like I said, he's wanting to take us from glory to glory. But something else that would be a tragedy is, is we don't let God finish what he started in us during this season. 
We took a look at the, the book of James, a verse from that last week that said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and don't miss this. It says, and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The message version says this, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. God is doing something and let him finish what he's doing. For those of you that cook, you know that you have to cook it to the final conclusion or it's not going to be as good as it could be. Imagine uh, for bread, for example. Instead, if you cook it to the end, it's going to be something delicious. If you take it through halfway or three-quarters full, it's going to just be yucky dough, right? And the difference between it being delicious or yucky, delicious or yucky, is the difference between whether it stays in the whole time or not. Imagine also if you were having open-heart surgery. Imagine that, and, and, and halfway through, three-quarters of the way through, you, said, you woke up and said, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm hungry. I'm getting off. And you got off the table. That could be catastrophic, right? All the hard work that they've done would be for, for nothing. In the same way, God is doing open-heart surgery on us, isn't he, through this time. He's wanting to develop us. He's wanting to, to build us up. He's wanting to take us from one level to another, and we need to, to do that. Another tragedy would be this. Another tragedy is that, that once we get to the next stage, whatever God's been doing in this stage, that we don't let him finish in this stage, in this stage, and this stage. You know, something else that God wants to, to do in the midst of this is he wants to prepare us for the future. I love the, the story, one of, you know, one of your, our childhood favorites for a lot of us was the, the story that happened in the, the Valley of Elah. I want to take you back there. Because on one side of this valley is you have the enemies of God. You have the Philistine army. And on the other side, you have the Israelites, God's people. And what would happen in the midst of this, they'd line up every day. They'd come out and line up as an army. And there's this nine-foot, six-inch giant named Goliath. They would come out there, and he would taunt the armies of Israel. He would taunt God. And at that point, all these people, all the armies of Israel would go back and hide. And this didn't happen just for a day. It didn't happen for just a week. It didn't happen for just a month. For 40 straight days, that was the picture. Well, a little guy named David, a young, probably teenager boy, came up and he watched that happen one day. And he looked and he said, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? Mocking God and mocking God's people. And he said, I'll fight him. I'll take him on. And, and Saul, the king, heard that. And he brought David in and said, look, it's really great that you want to do that. But man, you're just a, you're just a punk kid. And this guy's been a warrior from the time he was a, 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 a little kid. And he'll, he'll whoop you. He'll destroy you. And I love what David said. He said, you know what? I've been a shepherd my whole life. And there were times that, the, that a, a bear came up and, and took one of the sheep and, and ran off. And I, I rescued the sheep from the bear's hand and, and then I killed the bear. And the same thing happened with a, with a lion. And the same God that rescued me from the paw of the, 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 the bear and the paw of the lion is the same God that's gonna rescue me from, from this thing as well. What's the difference between a hand and a paw? It's all the same to, to God. And what he realized is that God's been preparing him for that his whole life. God had been preparing him for that moment to face Goliath his whole life. And he looked on the track record that God had with him to, to prepare him and, and, and give him the confidence and the faith that he needed to face Goliath that day. And I want you to know something. God has been preparing you for this moment your whole life. God has been preparing you to make it through this season your whole life. God has given you the strength you need. God has given you the perseverance. God's given you the grace. God's given you everything you need. And you know what else? Is when you go into the next stage, 
God's going to have you prepared because you've gone through this stage as, as well. You know, uh, if any of you play games and, or arcade games or, or video games or something, you know something. The game, uh, the people who design the games, they don't start you out at, at, uh, at stage 25, level 25. They start you at level one. If they started you out here, you'd get obliterated. But as they prepared you through stage after stage, by the time you hit level 25, you'd be prepared. The same is true in education, right? I mean, they don't, they don't start us out in graduate school or anything. They start us out at preschool and kindergarten. You work your way up because if they started you there, you'd have no idea what you were doing. But hopefully you're, the teachers are preparing you for that time there. In the same way, you know, uh, that Sylvia and I, maybe hopefully by the time that we've gone through all this, that we were prepared more to, to face it the next time, the next time the virus, that we, we face that. God is preparing you right now, and there's going to be storms. There's going to be problems. There's going to be hardships, and there's going to be some more. They may be lighter. They may be bigger than the ones we're facing now, but God has been preparing you for this moment. I want to end with, with one story that Jesus told. He told a parable when he, when he went to talk the, the Sermon on the Mount. And this is the parable that he said. He said there's two types of people. And he said there's one person who builds their house on the rock of my word. And these other people who don't build the house on that, they build it on sand. And he said these people, when the storm comes, and the storm is going to come, these people are going to stand the test of time when the wind and the rain and, uh, and the, the surf comes up. They're going to stand it because they have their, their life and their faith on something that is solid, on the solid rock of, of God. And over here, it's the exact opposite. These houses are going to fall. These houses are going to collapse because it's based on something that's never going to stand the test of time. I want you to see a picture that it comes from, from Hurricane Ike. And look at this picture because what you have is you have one house that's standing in the midst of an entire uh, beach of every other house that has been obliterated. I remember seeing basically the same thing in Hurricane Andrew and I remember they, they interviewed the person. How is your house standing when every other house, house has, has fallen? And I'll never forget what he said. He said, you know, they gave us a book and they said, if you want to build your house that will stand in a hurricane, build it like this. You put these kind of shingles in. When it said put those shingles in, I put those shingles. When it said put this bracing, I did that. When it said put these windows, it did that. I did what it said, and my house stood. In the same way, I just want to speak prophetically into your life right now. You're going to be a family that stands. You're going to be a person that stands because you're basing your life on Jesus Christ, because you're basing it on his word. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, it starts there with you just saying, God, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I put my whole faith and my trust in you. And then it's doing what a lot of us are doing right now. Get into God's word. Let him be that rock. Because again, there's gonna be some more storms on the horizon, but know this, God has been preparing you your whole life for this moment. And he's preparing you now for whatever the future holds. If we can pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for all the great things you're doing. I thank you, Lord God, for all the people who are doing amazing things. I thank you, God, that you are working below the, the waterline in our life, and, and you love us enough to work on the seaweed and the barnacles and anything else that's there. And, and so, God, we stay, get on the table, and we stay on the table. And we ask the question, God, what do you want to teach us in this time? Where do you want to take us in this time? And, God, we love you and thank you that we can base our life on the solid rock of your, uh, of your son and your word. And it's his strong name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks again for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Check back with us weekly to hear more messages. We hope you have a blessed day.